Hello, and welcome to the NH2A podcast, where we discuss anything related to the Second Amendment, including firearms, gear, and current events. I'm your host, Jacob Clifford, and I'm joined with my co-host, Jared Mitchell. All right, so today we're going to go over some bios of ourselves to get, you know, so you guys can get to know us, um, and we'll uh, start off with you, Jared. Yep, so I was born and raised in New Hampshire. I straight out of high school, I went into the Army for three and a half years, where I was a parachute rigger with the 75th Ranger Regiment. For the last two years, I've been a law enforcement officer with our local police department, and my current concealed carry handgun is an MNP shield and 9mm. How about yourself, Jake? Okay, um, so I'm a native New Hampshireite. Um, I co-own a concrete company with my dad. I, too, right out of high school, was in the Army for a few years. I was a crew member on an M1 Abrams tank out of Fort Carson, and my current carry gun is a Glock 19X with a TLR-7A from Streamlight on it. <clears throat> so next we're going to move into some prompt questions. These are questions that we hope to ask future guests so you can have a baseline on how to judge our guests. Our first question that we're going to ask is, what does the Second Amendment mean to you? And that's going to be directed at Jake. Okay, so for me personally, the Second Amendment means, so obviously at face value, we take it at the ability of the citizens to overthrow a tyrannical government. Because you have to take into mind that the people who wrote this had just overthrown a tyrannical government so it was pretty obvious that that was a very important thing to put in. So, um, but more even on today's, by today's standard, we should look at it that the fact that we have the rights to own whatever weapon we choose is, should be enough to show that we have the power over the government and should give them enough idea, the, an idea that we shouldn't be, they shouldn't be stepping on our rights um, in the first place. That should motivate them rather. Do not step our rights in the first place. Um, yeah, so. So, as for myself, I believe the Second Amendment protects the rest. There's a reason it's the Second Amendment. It was important on the list of the Founding Fathers. That's why they wrote it second. Um, I believe that it's a natural right that is recognized by the government, but it's not granted by the government. Mm -hmm. So this is a right that you're born with. You're born with the right to protect yourself and own firearms for protection. Um, I believe it's all-encompassing, like Jake said. If you want something, you should be able to acquire that. Law-abiding, obviously. Yeah. Uh, law-abiding regarding the natural, natural rights, not well, necessarily what a government tells you is right. Without being taxed on that, might I add. Exactly. And finally, shall not be infringed. It's the most straightforward and simple of all the amendments, um, and that's why we believe that it's so important. Anything else to add, Jake? Um, I think you pretty much covered it, you know. Um, in other words, any gun law is unconstitutional. I think we should add that. The fact that, you know, no matter what it is, if you're a law-abiding citizen, you should be able to own any firearm you want in defense. You should have equal power or better power than your military. That's the entire point of all this. Um, that's just something I wanted to add. Exactly. All right, so our next question. Where do you see the second of the future us? Excuse me, where do you see this, the future of the Second Amendment? So, me personally, I, contrary to popular belief, okay, I think we always view the Second Amendment as something that is dwindling. And don't get me wrong, it has, especially since 1934. But um, I think we're actually going in a good direction as of the last few years. Um, and an example I like to bring up a lot of times is, <coughs> I remember you know, when I was first really getting into the Second Amendment a lot, say five years ago, six years ago, the... The second, we weren't talking about repealing the NFA. 
We weren't talking about any of that stuff. We were just talking about just the right to keep ARs with 30-round magazines. Okay? We were at that point. Okay? Now it seems like we've gotten a little bit more of a grip on the whole situation. And as of the last year or two, we've actually started talking about why are full autos regulated? Why are suppressors taxed and regulated? This is something we need to be talking about, and I'm glad it's really come to light. We weren't talking about this five or six years ago. We're talking about this now, though. And so I think we're moving in the right direction. We have things like the Hearing Protection Act and other things. We're looking back at the Hughes Amendment, okay, in 1986 that Reagan signed in. We're looking back at the Gun Control Act of 68. We're looking back at the NFA of 1934 and realizing why, are, why aren't we working actively to get rid of these things rather than just talking about the stuff that's preventable now. Um, and, of course, we have little hiccups here and there. Of course, um, you know, the bump stock ban. You know, every once in a while, there is some pushback from the other side, and it's unfortunate. Um, it's something we need to be actively fighting against, but we need to be making a very progressive... Um, movement at it. We need to be moving towards a pure Second Amendment. You know, getting rid of um, suppressor regulations and all that. And I think, I think in that aspect, we're moving that way better. Now, the real question I have with it is, I don't know whether it's going to end up happening through some kind of event, some kind of one event that's going to kick something off, or if it's going to just be a slow crawl towards what we need to do. Um, either way, though, I think we're going in the right direction is how I mainly feel about it. Yeah, and for my thoughts, um, I just want to jump on what Jake said. Um, recognize <laughs> carry permits. This is actually a relatively newer thing that states have recognized people's ability to have concealed carry weapons and grant them permits. Um, as far as our state, more recently, we have enacted constitutional carry. Would you say, Jake, like 2017? I believe it was 2017. Exactly. Um, so... In certain states, we are heading in the right direction. On the flip side, there's other states, New York, California, you know, the, the standard. The, huge, the yeah. usual states. They're heading in the opposite direction. They continue to press magazine bans, assault weapon bans, whatever that means. Whatever that even means. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you've got states now like Virginia that are jumping in in the fold and trying to do whatever they're trying to do down there. Yeah. So I think it's going to get worse before it's going to get better. We are heading in the right direction. I think the worst is going to get worse. I feel like if, as long as the states that do have, um, you know, the Constitution in mind, people's liberty in mind, they're going to still do the right thing with, with the people, you know, being politically active, talking to their representatives, their congressmen, um, and the such. Yeah, and, and, and just, you know, to jump on that, too, yep. is, is also recognizing the fact that your right to own a firearm is a right. And remember, rights aren't something that's granted by the government. Okay, rights are something you're born with. Exactly. Okay, so regardless of what the law says, regardless of what any man who thinks he's over you says, that's not the truth. The fact of the matter at the end of the day is that you have a right to any firearm you want, and nobody can tell you different from that. They can only recognize it or not recognize it is um, something that is a big, exactly. you know, big factor in that. I think people like to forget, you know. Yep. So our... Third question, it's going to be a two-parter. Um, so the first part that we'll ask Jake, what was your first gun of note? Okay, so my first gun of note <clears throat> is a Ruger 10-22, which is, I'm, I bet most people's is going to be a Ruger 10-22. Uh, 
actually got it right here. I'm like looking at it while I talk about it. So um, this is a, a Ruger 1022 my dad bought me um, when I was pretty young. You know, it was one of the f it was the first gun I had when I was first getting into it, and it was a good way to learn just a regular manual of arms on something. You know, had a detachable magazine, and at the time it was just that little uh, that little ten round rotary magazine that was flush with it. Um, you know, many a times taken it has a little bushnell scope on it. Uh, many a times taken it out and shooting it and shooting at soda cans and random stuff like that. But I remember the biggest thing was my dad showing me how to properly handle the firearm. And that was the foundation on which I learned all my other things on firearms, is off of the fact that all the rules of firearm safety apply to whether it's a little 22 rim fire or whether it's an M1 Garand or an RPK or, you know, um, it still comes back to this. And this was the first real time I got to really put some, some trigger time in. And uh, there's a lot of good memories with it. And uh, something I'll definitely never get rid of. Exactly. You know? Um, yeah. I, I agree. If, if if that's not your first gun, it should definitely be on the list. If you don't have one already, it should be on your list. It's just fun. If you're looking at getting one for maybe a relative or a child or something, it's a great first gun. And they're um, more affordable than they've ever been. Exactly. And they're they're still high quality, I, oh, I yeah. believe. No, I, I've never had issues with them. You know, no. Um, and I've seen people who have newer ones. And yes. Outstanding. Now, as for me, my first gun of note, it was a Christmas present when I was about 13. <coughs> given to me by my grandfather that was an avid firearms collector. So this is a Springfield model 86C made by the Stephen Arms Company. Um, it's a bolt action 22 rifle, so it can take 22 long rifle, 22 shorts, anything but magnums. It's got wood furniture and a scope, if you can call it that. <laughs> it's a uh, very, it's got almost no clarity. It's a glass iron sight. There we go. <laughs> made of metal and glass i guess they call that a scope that's what they're telling me that's what they, that's what they say um but nonetheless this, this is a very fun gun it was a great starter gun when i was 13 definitely to learn manual of arms um and the thing just looks ancient it does well <laughs> interestingly enough this gun does not have a serial number um this probably dates it pre-1950 um I, I did a little bit of research on this before the podcast just to make sure i was accurate um not a serial number on it, um, and it seems like the Stevens Arms Company used the Springfield name in the 30s and 40s, so it's somewhere around that time frame. Yeah. Uh, but this gun is very interesting, and if, if you're anything into ghosting triggers or anything of the such, <laughs> if you've seen somebody do that, this might be one of the most unique triggers you've ever seen where <laughs> there's no take-up, you hit the wall, and then it's all follow-through. It, it literally, there's like a half-inch of like there's no creep after after the trigger breaks like I, I tried it out for the first time earlier i'd never really messed with it much and i was over there and i and i pulled the i thought the safety was on and like i tripped some, no 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 it it's literally you are it's like a single stage with just a just a hell of a lot of creep after it. it's, <laughs> there the you weird, go. it's the weirdest trigger i've ever seen and so i thought like something was wrong with it no that's just you know steven's just like they're gonna like that and so <laughs> You know, it's it's really interesting. Little, it looks <laughs> it looks like Lee Harvey Oswald had that thing in his hand. But like, it's interesting to say the least. It's, it's an interesting little gun, though. Exactly. But so the second part of this third question, what gun started your addiction? Uh, so this could be different for many reasons. Um, we're all into firearms for different reasons, but we all have some similarities. So let's start with you, Jake. What what gun started your addiction? Okay. Well, 
I'm definitely an addict. So, um, I'd say, uh, so mine was actually a, a sporterized Lee Enfield made in 1917. Um, unfortunately, sporterized, you know. It's one of the many sins of the gun community is sporterizing old Millsurps. But regardless, it was the first gun I had, and I thought it was gosh darn cool. Um, and it still is, but, uh, so if you're not familiar with the Lee Enfield, um, it was a the British standard service rifle from, I think maybe the 1890s, all the way through. For a while. For a long time. I mean, if you've seen a World War II movie with British guys in it, and it wasn't the machine gunner, chances are he had a Lee Enfield in his hands. Um, same thing in World War One. So anyways, <laughs> um, so anyways, this one was, um, you know, the stock was filed down, someone tried to tap it for a scope, which just makes my eye twitch, but um, basically, anyways, it was a cool little 10-round box magazine, bolt action, 303 British, and it was the first gun I was able to take out and shoot and really feel feel like I was really shooting a gun. You know, the 1022 is really cool, but when you shoot it, you know what I mean, there's something different when you shot the Landfield. And I'm, I'm a complete nerd for military surplus guns, so that was what also kicked that off with me. You know, I thought to myself... You know, like, who carried this? Where did this go? What's its story? And so that really kicked that point off for me. You know, I considered a few times, like, unsporterizing it, you know, working on it. But it, I don't want to just because I'll always remember it like that. Um, and it's just such a cool such a cool gun. But that's definitely what started my addiction into not only getting into the tactical side of things, where I was, you know, shooting, like, real guns for the first time, but also into the Millsurp community as well. And, um, yeah. Yep. So as for me, the gun that started my addiction isn't necessarily a historical firearm in the term of Millsurps. Um, it's more so historic firearm as far as American firearms ownership goes. So it's the Colt mm. SP-1. So one of the first AR-15s that you could buy in the civilian market shortly yeah. Relatively shortly after Vietnam, yeah, um, probably in the 80s. Um, so again, this was given to me by my grandfather, probably a few years after the 22. Um, but nonetheless, it's it's a very interesting gun. There's a couple different versions of the SP1. Mine in particular has traits of an A1 and an A2. Um, for example, the furniture is A2. Um, but to say to say the least, it definitely got me into AR-15s um, and later. When I turned 18, I bought my first AR-15, and it definitely started the addiction down the road of being very interested. I am very interested in the improvements, even no matter how small they are, the improvements that people are still making upon a design that was made, what, in the 1960s? Yeah, 50s, you know. So it's it's very interesting that people are still <clears throat> finding ways to improve the AR. Even, let it be that they might be minor and may, might, might not make that much of a difference, but to say, say the least, they are important. Yeah, no, most definitely. And it's just, and it's cool to look back on the old, you know, like what Eugene Stoner wanted. Exactly. You know, um, and how we've kind of detoured from that. Yeah, the things we found that works better, things that, you know, kind of made its way full circle, you know. Exactly, um, yeah. You know, and it's cool gun. I remember going out for, like, with that rifle, going to parades for Fourth of July, we'd do little floats and stuff like that. And it was always cool when you'd pull that out because. Yeah, great prop gun. Great prop gun. Because, um, like, I don't know if you mentioned it, but it has A2 handguards on it even yep. though it's like a lot of it's a1 style yeah but um i think it has a heavy heavy barrel too it does yeah so it has the heavy barrel like an a2 but it's it, it's weird it's yeah. cool gun though um but um i remember taking that out we'd throw a1 handguards on it my dad had 
and bring it out for like the Vietnam float or something like that prop. And it was just so cool to have because it, 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 and I was kind of into retro ARs and then like a few years later, retro ARs became all the rage. Yeah, everybody like makes everybody them Everybody makes yeah. them now. Um, it used to be hard. Three years ago, it was hard to find them. Exactly. And I remember yeah. Colt announced it at SHOT Show that one time. I was like, yeah. oh my God. And, yeah. then, and then everybody else did it instead. NFN and, you know. <laughs> Yeah, Brownells. They have yep, a really, Brownells. really extensive line. Yeah, they hold the market on that. Yeah, right oh now. yeah, without a doubt. You know, I'm, I'm still tempted. I've bought, yeah. I built the Colt parts kit for my yeah. old man, because yeah. um, that was what he had when he was in the army. Because he's old, and um, it, and so like I'm even still tempted to buy a Brownells one, um, you know, just to have, you know. And then now they have the retro scopes and everything. It's just so Definitely. cool. Very, I love it. Very interesting. You know. Yeah. Um, so. <clears throat> Next, we're going to talk about why we came up with the name NH2A. As you can probably gather, if you haven't already, we're both New Hampshire residents, born and raised. Um, we both went away for a few years, came back. There's a reason for it. We definitely yeah. like this place. Wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Exactly. We, we've seen some other places, and they're, they're not the same. No. Um, and 2A, obviously, because we're both into the Second Amendment, um, it means a lot to us, yeah. and we want to be proactive. Um, so segueing into where we want this podcast to go. Uh, we want this podcast to be a platform for us to express our opinions and feelings on the Second Amendment, educate those that might not know, everybody that we can educate and inspire to feel the same way that we do for the Second Amendment is a win, win for our community, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, and the more good people that we can bring into the community, the better. You know, that's, that, that and the Second Amendment, it stretches anything from, you know, some kind of, you know, say a single mother just wanting a gun to defend her family all the way up to people like us who own a lot of guns exactly. and go shooting every yep. weekend, you know. Um, and, yeah, you, you know, we realize that we're so pro-Second Amendment. We support these different organizations and all this. Why don't we take it another step and try to actually have our voices heard? Use some of our experience um, in different aspects of the gun community. You know, um, for instance, like I'm a reloader. At some yep. point, you know, we can there's questions about reloading stuff you know i can bring that out um and just just all this stuff we can add to the gun community on another note it's to educate people about (laughs) the actual the laws of new hampshire yeah very few people realize that new hampshire is a very free state yeah or that it even is a state exactly (laughs) i i can't tell you the number of times i was in the army i would say it was from new hampshire and people would be where's that yeah i'd have to try to explain somewhere in new england north of massachusetts sometimes they got it sometimes they didn't but People don't realize we might be surrounded by a lot of enemy territory, but we are a very free state for sure. Uh, one of one of the lowest crimes in the in the union. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and from what I've heard, the most registered fully automatic firearms per capita. Yeah, per capita. There, there's a lot to love about this state. If, if you can put up with the winter, there's a that's, lot. To that's love. the only thing that really gets people about this place. You know, it's really cool, but yeah, gosh darn, is it cold? We were just out <laughs> shooting today, and it was like Stalingrad. Yeah, so it was probably below twenty. <laughs> You know, and, and we've shot in colder, you know. Like yeah. It's like 10 below, like, all right, boys, we're going shooting. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's def- definitely something to be – I remember going into gun shops, like, when I was stationed in Fort Carson, Colorado. Um, going to a gun shop, and, you, where are you from, man? I'd be like, oh, I'm from New Hampshire. He's like, oh, that must suck. And I'm like, you're sitting here with your magazine band yeah. telling me. I'll tell you one thing. My RPK back at my house in New Hampshire with a 75-round drum will tell you – good sir that it's pretty cool in new hampshire okay yeah, most you know, 
and people don't realize that like I had a person ask me if New Ham- that New Hampshire was still a state like like it didn't it never became one or something yeah last time I checked we still got 50 yeah <laughs> you know that's what I said but um, no definitely yeah as far as the frequency we hope to get this out to you a couple times a month don't hold our feet to the fire we both <laughs> we both have a lot going on busy. Um, but like like we said this is a passion project for sure and as Jake describes our closing statements. So um, I'd like to start out with one thing saying um, to go out and train, okay? And by training, I mean, go out, if you don't know how to use a gun, you know, be honest with yourself. Say, hey, if you don't know, you know, proficiently how to use a firearm, there is no shame in going out and getting training from somebody. It'll be good. You'll be glad you did it. You know, it doesn't have to be some high dollar, you know, if you find someone that's pretty reputable or a trusted relative who's big into firearms, you know, I can't count how many people have asked me to go out and just teach them the basics of the new gun they bought, and we can go out and we can shoot together and be comfortable, okay? Um, and so, in training is another thing. Just because you know how to use a gun doesn't mean you should stop training. You know, me and Jared, we both go out and we shoot almost every weekend, you know, um, at least multiple times a month. Yeah. Um, especially in the summer when it's, you know, not, everything's not frozen. Yeah. Um, and so, don't, don't just learn how to use guns and then just stop because it's really important to be able to be constantly training and being proficient. Um, and we say train and then be politically active. Okay, reach out to your congressman. Um, reach out to your local sheriff. That's one people really don't think about. You should do that too. They're pretty important people. Um, support um, people who, excuse me, um, support people who are going to be pro-gun. Like me personally, I am... I'm a member of Gun Owners of America, Gun Owners of New Hampshire, the Firearms Policy Coalition, and a few others like that. And I try to donate to certain causes I see fit. Um, and I just like to say, research who you're going to give your money to and make sure their best interest is um, supporting the Second Amendment, not sending you free gym bags with their name on it and free pocket knives that are going to break. Um, so train, be politically active, and just be polite. You know, Just be a good person. Go out, hold doors open for people, you know, like help old ladies cross the street and stuff like that. Be a good person. People will see that, okay? And they will, if they know you're a big gun guy, say, you're, say you hop out of your truck to help somebody in the back of your truck has a pro-Second Amendment sticker on it, or you got a shirt on that's pro-Second Amendment, or just people know you as that gun guy, as like people know us in town as those guys. That's going to reflect very nicely on the Second Amendment community, and it's going to mean a lot to a lot of people because we all know people that are out there that are giving us a bad name that's just like with any other thing okay we need to do everything we can to show people that we're just regular people who are who want to be responsible for our own safety and also just hobbyists you know what i mean we have a good time with this but we also realize there's a very serious side to it that we're training to make sure that we're always responsible for our own safety and that that's our tax for living in a free society okay is being proficient at what we do so, um, exactly. Jared. Yeah. So in closing, we'd like to thank everybody for listening to our first podcast. Like we said, there's going to be more to come. Uh, this is going to be, like we said, a semi-regular thing. So if you like what you heard, you can find us, you can find more information about us and find out what we're about on Instagram at NH underscore 2A or Facebook NH2A. We're going to post some pictures uh, related to our podcasts, like this first one, you'll see yeah. a picture of us with our, with our 22s. Um, 
And if you like what you heard, you can consider supporting us monetarily through Patreon. Any amount would be appreciated. Send me ammo. This this money is not to line our pockets. This money would be to go towards camera and recording equipment, um, possibly guns and ammo for future opinions and reviews on yeah, items. Know, we'd love to hear your guys' ideas too. You yep. Know. If you guys have thoughts or you want you have questions, uh, reach out to us on social media. We'd like to know what you guys think about us going forward, what you want to hear, what you want to know, and the such. Anything else, Jake? Um, yeah. So um, on our personal accounts there. Of course. Um, so we can always find you on Instagram. Yep. You can find me at jmitchellante on yep. Instagram. And um, don't feel bad if you didn't know how to pronounce it when you first see it, because I didn't either. I thought it was Michelante, but um, I was wrong. Um, you can find me at Cliff the Concrete Guy, and there is um, there is underscores in between all the words. I just don't feel like saying that. It's a tongue twister. But um, you can find me there posting a lot of my gun content that I do between mill cert reloading and all my other gun hobbies. Exactly. We're pretty active on there, and you can also <coughs> reach out to us through our personal accounts, and we'll mm-hmm. be glad to yeah, be glad to answer anything, glad to answer any know. questions or yeah. And um, you know, we hope to hear from you guys. Exactly. So. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, Take so. care.